0: The Adam Shine Podcast.
2: Episode 87 of the Adam Shine Podcast. And listen, it's the end of the NFL regular season, epic week number 18 in the National Football League. And that means with the regular season done, we have all sorts of firings, Black Monday, going on in the National Football League. And our featured guest this week, a tremendous actor, you know the voice, especially. If you've seen Frozen or Frozen 2, our guy, Miami Dolphins super fan, the great Josh Gad, is our featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast and actually Josh really booked himself. Sent out a tweet and said, "Hey Adam Shine, I need to be on your show so I could vent about my Miami Dolphins." Josh Gad wants to be on. Josh Gad is on the podcast. That's that's the way it works so i gotta tell you obviously you think about coaches losing jobs and their families and you never want to see that but in our world when there's breaking news i love the action and this morning on radio after doing a monologue destroying brandon staley hey brandon the hell are you doing how do you call a timeout that changed everything the Raiders were rightly smartly after the game was tied in overtime after the Chargers kicked the field goal the Raiders were rightly playing for a tie with four minutes to go oh Brandon Staley ruined everything for the Chargers and listen that was a Charger team that could have been very dangerous this postseason with Justin Herbert's oh I'm, I'm upset as a a fan I just wanted to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. That's a horrendous job by Brandon Staley. He's been terrible in terms of in-game decisions all season long, the Chiefs game. We could even go back in the Raider game. How do you go for it on that fourth and one deep in your own territory? What, what the hell was that? So after I do a radio monologue on that, and, of course, the Colts getting the stuffing knocked out of them by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, Indy was a two-touchdown favorite. And they lose by double digits. And obviously the Steelers, and I was dead wrong, Steeler Nation. Still don't believe in your team. Kansas City is going to destroy you. I do a monologue on everything that happened in in the AFC. You get all the breaking news right when I finish talking. So that was exhilarating. That was fun this morning on radio. That's what you live for. All right, you got this from the Bears. You got this from the Vikings. You got this from the Miami Dolphins. I want to bring in our senior executive producer of Shine on Sports and the Adam Shine podcast, my guy, the great Bob Stu, who was giving me the information as we were live on radio today. And, Bob, I always say there's always one. Every single year after the season ends, there's always one shocking firing, and that happened this morning with Brian Flores. You could have knocked me over with a feather. You heard my reaction on radio and listen that was one where you wrote it on the bottom of our call screening software Adam Schefter broke the story. That was a stunner. I was floored. You know I voted Brian Flores for Coach of the Year. We knew there was friction with Chris Rear, the general manager, but I absolutely would have decided to keep Flores. It was Greer who wanted Tua over Herbert. It was Greer who screwed up the rest of that 2020 draft. It was Greer who didn't give him a legit offensive line. It was Greer. We begged him. You had to have a legit number one running back, either sign Aaron Jones or draft Najee Harris. I mean, that, it was all there for Miami. Horrible start to the season. Phenomenal job with the winning streak. I picked up to beat Tennessee in Week 17. Didn't happen. Picked him to beat the Patriots, even though they were eliminated. Did happen. There's always one, Bob, and that one absolutely stunned me.
1: Oh, it's kind of funny, Adam. A little inside baseball. You know, you're talking about the show. You're talking about me giving you information, feeding it live. Before the show, we had a perfect plan. We always have a perfect plan before Shine On Sports. Earlier today on SiriusXM Mad Dog Sports Radio, we're talking about, all right, we're going to be hitting the Chargers and the Raiders. Unbelievable game, of course, playing for the tie. Talk about Pittsburgh. Talk about the Colts. And we'll get to the coaching changes later in the show. And as you and I were joking, I said, yeah, unless something happens, something <laughs> crazy like Brian Flores gets fired, then, then maybe we'll break in. And we both had a nice laugh about that because there was no way that was supposed to happen. I was stunned, too. I was stunned about the timing of it. Look, I'm not the biggest Brian Flores fan, Adam. I thought his team's overachieved the last two years, and that was a credit to him. I thought the Dolphins underachieved this year. They should have been better than they were. That massive losing streak, losing to Urban Meyer in Jacksonville and London, that pretty much put the nail in the coffin for the season. But, yeah, I'm with you. If there's a person to place blame on, it's Chris Greer. I mean, the offensive line for the Dolphins is the worst in the NFL. I thought the process behind the Jalen Waddle trade was terrible, giving up an extra first-round pick to move up. Maybe they thought they were going to get Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell. They end up with Waddle, who was unbelievable this year. But the Eagles got an extra first-round pick and Devontae Smith. So that didn't work out at all for the Dolphins. Giving up that first, which is a pretty good pick coming up in this year's draft, I thought that was a mistake. Chris Greer was literally the number one person to blame in this situation. I'm shocked Flores got fired in this way, especially the way the team came on strong at the end of the season. He'll get another coaching job. I agree with you, though, Adam. Chris Greer, what a mess. What a mess in Miami.
2: And good job with the behind the scenes. I mean, we, you literally said that. I, I was laughing when I, I saw the news because, you know, a little inside baseball, as you said, you know, we planned the show where everything's fluid, but you want to have a plan in terms of what to tease and what sound bites to play. You know, Bob and our associate producer, Mikey Fitz, put put together packages, rejoins, you know, sound to tease, topics to tease. I'm like, look, that, that was it's the zaniest, most unprecedented, crazy <laughs> game of all time. Nothing is going to supersede it. And it didn't. And that was still the number one topic. But, oh, or we're going to go for 25 minutes. We blew <laughs> off the update. And we're just going to keep talking because the coach at carousel is moving fast and furious. You know, Stephen Ross on record saying it's not going to be Jim Harbaugh. I don't know how the hell they do better than Brian Flores. By the way, Ian Rappaport reported that... Brian Flores was part of the reason why Deshaun Watson waived his no trade clause and said he would go to Miami. So now if you're a Broncos fan, you should be paying a lot of attention to see what happens here with your coaching search. And no surprise on, on Sunday, Bag and Vic Fangio, they, they need a new head coach and in the worst possible way in Denver. But I, I'm still hearing that Harbaugh, you know, looking to leave and go to the NFL. You saw Jake Laser on the NFL on Fox saying he's putting together an, an NFL staff. But I don't know how, unless it's Harbaugh. I don't see how Miami does better than Flores. Flores is going to be a, a candidate that a lot of teams going to certainly be interested in. Chicago, no surprise, bag it, Matt Nagy, get him off my TV screen. I thought Nagy was overmatched when he won coach of the year, and we've documented that. And I, I think Nagy is just atrocious and he needed to go. But the key was firing Ryan Pace. You couldn't let Ryan Pace pick the next head coach. I mean, everything he touched has been a failure. Going back to Mike Lennon and Mitch Trubisky. I mean that that was a mess. And also then obviously Matt Nagy himself. So Bears fans in theory should be energized. You know, McCaskey spoke today, and that was a complete and utter hot mess. So we'll, we'll see if Harbaugh can go there and if he has an interest in leaving Michigan and going there and saving the day. If not, I think, you know, Leslie Frazier's name has been thrown around. He's very well respected. I think in general, Bob, you're going to see on this coaching carousel a lot of the second timers because you know what they bring to the table the Leslie Frasers, the Todd Bowles, the Bill O'Brien's, the Dan Quinns, the Jim Caldwells of the world. I think those are the kind of names you know how much I love Byron Lefwich. So I was not surprised at all. I was very happy that they fired Pace as well. I was surprised that Rick Spielman was fired in in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer had to go his cantankerous personality. They reached a cap and how far they can go. With Mike Zimmer, the next move has to be to get rid of Kirk Cousins. But, look, I can appreciate why the Will family made the move in Minnesota because, look, if you're going to clean house, clean house. It was time for a new direction. I do think Spielman handled that situation in Minnesota really well in terms of trying to retool and win on the fly. But sweeping changes, Bob, in both Chicago and Minnesota.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just mentioned Rick Spielman, Adam. To me, that was a big shocker because I think nobody's better at navigating the draft and collecting draft capital and assets. No one's better than Rick Spielman in my mind, Adam. He has just done a masterclass at navigating the draft the last few years, trading back, accumulating picks, Some of his picks haven't hit. That's what happens when your team is either mediocre or in the playoffs, though. You're not always going to do great in the draft when your team is drafting in the 20s. It's just not possible. But, I mean, he's had some masterclass drafts. The one with the Neil Hunter comes to mind. That was an unbelievable draft by him. He picked Justin Jefferson. I mean, I was surprised that they moved on from him. I understand it, too, from your perspective. If you're going to clean house, just clean house. Get rid of everybody. I get it. Mike Zimmer had to go agree with that. And Matt Nagy, I mean, he should have went last year. You were so ahead of the curve on Matt Nagy, Adam, and how he had to go. I mean, it was one last screw you to Bears fans and Bears betters yesterday. I thought I had the Bears. I had that cover in the bag against Minnesota. It was plus five and a half. You know, the guy put together his Mona Lisa <laughs> as Danny Parkins tweeted out. What well, was such a great tweet. Show. I mean, when he decided to go for it on that fourth <laughs> down with – QB1 Andy
2: Dalton It took like what a 7 yard loss that got sacked I and mean, that was still could never figure out how to utilize David Montgomery uh,
1: yeah I think you're being generous with a 7 yard loss it was like a 15 yard sack I was like <laughs> ripping my hair out and it happened multiple times he had like 4th and short and, and Dalton's taking a sack of 15 yards I go I don't even understand how that could even be a possibility with a play call like that so yeah I mean it's it was one last screw you from Matt Nagy I am so thrilled that he has gone as the Bears head coach i agree with you adam jim harbaugh i think he is the best of the bunch in terms of candidates i mean he's been to the super bowl his winning percentage in the nfl is unbelievable he's had success yeah Yeah. he's had success he's a guy if your team's ready made potentially to be a playoff team that's the guy you gotta hire i think he would be the best of the bunch i don't know adam a lot of those candidates are kind of underwhelming to be honest i don't know I think you'll see a couple guys maybe get a, a, some cracks maybe Kellen Moore, Eric Bieniemy. I think there are some other head coaching cans on the market. I love Byron
2: Leftwich. He'd be yes. the guy for me for Jacksonville. Yes. Jacksonville, I've been saying that for a while, but it's going to be interesting. You know, that Denver situation, I know there's some ambiguity with the the ownership, but you know, Denver's ready to dance. Yeah. You know, you, Denver, you need a quarterback and a head Set. coach. They are loaded otherwise, Bob in terms of
1: talent. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Adam. I mean, you see it every week with the Broncos. They have the pieces. They have the defense. They have the wide receivers. They have the running back. They have a decent offensive line, and they have no quarterback. Just no quarterback every single week makes you want to pull your hair out. You can't compete in the AFC West without a great quarterback. You're going up against Herbert. You're going up against Pat, and Derek Carr was unbelievable this year. So when you have the worst quarterback in the division, you're always behind the other teams. I'm with you, Adam. If Denver can just find a way to get a quarterback this offseason, that's a team I could see as a dark horse to go to the Super Bowl next year. It should be pretty interesting to see who they hire. Which makes it
2: even worse when you consider what happened to the Chargers. I'm still not over that, but but I digress. I mean, you know, there's no guarantees in the NFL that you're going to be back next year. That loss is going to stick to Brandon Staley, stick to his ribs until he delivers a Lombardi Trophy to, to the L.A. Chargers. You know, it is interesting as we're sitting here and we're taping this and it's 5 to 5 Eastern time on Black Monday. Joe Judge is meeting with Giants ownership with John Marrow, with Steve Tisch, and meeting is still ongoing, but it should have been the shortest meeting ever. Joe, you're a clown. I hate you. Can't believe we hired you, and I never want to see your face again. I mean, that was a disgrace again yesterday, and I, I, I wish the Giants would just clean house. I mean, another... Just gutless puke from the New York Football Giants. There is no legit reason to keep Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman. I don't know why they honored him yesterday. They let him retire. They fired Jerry Reese, who won a couple of Super Bowls, by the way. Fired him in the middle of a season, and he deserved to go. Don't don't misinterpret, but I mean the Giants, Bob, are just the absolute worst.
1: No, I couldn't agree more, Adam. I I keep saying it. Joe Judge, he's Adam Gase. He's just wearing a different color. He's wearing blue. (laughs) I mean, that's the only difference here. I mean, the QB sneak on third and nine from his own end zone versus the football team. It's the equivalent of the Adam Gase running Frank Gore on third and long. It should be over. It should be over. How is Joe Judge allowed to come back? All you're doing is delaying the inevitable here. He'll come back. He'll maybe win five games, and then you'll fire him. What general manager candidate, Adam, wants to hitch themselves to Joe Judge next year? I, I just can't imagine the Giants could get anyone legitimate to be the general manager knowing that this guy, he's going to be done next year, Joe Judge. I-, I don't even understand the process here. It's my boggling. If I was a Giants fan, I would be livid about this whole situation. Josh Gad,
2: the outstanding actor and a diehard fan of the Miami Dolphins. The featured guest on the Adam Shine podcast next. Ah, the sweet sound of sports
0: you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: If you missed anything this week on Mad Dog Sports Radio, I got you covered. It's Mike Bapchick's Morning After, where we play back the best clips of the week and recap in a way you've never heard before. It's a roast like no other, and no one is safe. Not Mad Dog, not anyone. This is a Morning After walk of shame you actually won't regret. You can find Mike Bapchick's Morning After on SiriusXM, Pandora, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show so you never miss an episode.
2: The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine podcast, a man who needs no introduction, legendary actor, diehard fan of the Miami Dolphins, and one of my all-time favorites, my guy, Josh Gad. Josh, I would ask how you're doing, but I follow you on Twitter, and I know how much (laughs) you love your Miami Dolphins, so I feel like we could save the pleasantries for later. My goodness, what was your reaction when you found out that your guy, Brian Flores, was fired as a Dolphins head coach?
3: Well, my initial reaction, as you saw on Twitter, was to reach out to my local sports therapist, Adam Schein, and uh, rant and rave and tell him I needed uh, an opportunity to scream at the heavens. I woke up at about 7 a.m., and my brother – this is all you need to know, Adam. My brother, Jeff, is a diehard Jets fan, Okay when he writes me, oh my God, the Dolphins just made the stupidest move I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And tweet and, and text me that they fired Brian Flores. I thought it was a joke. I mean, I'm like, wait a second. This is the same guy that I just watched dominate the Patriots for the second time in a season, right? This is the same guy who turned uh, uh, a one in seven record around and won eight and one consecutively. Okay. Putting that debacle in Tennessee aside, I'm like, am I on another planet? Is, is, am I imagining this what what the actual F is going on? And then I went online and and saw um, Tractor's tweet and then saw lo and behold, Everybody was picking up on the story, and then I saw Stephen Ross's uh, message, and I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand it. And look, I maybe there's all this intrigue and drama happening behind closed walls that I'm not privy to. And maybe it was unworkable. From an outsider perspective, the reason that I'm so bummed today, and I think the reason that Finns Nation, a lot of whom, not everyone, is bummed, is. There's this underlying current of inconsistency that seems to plague this organization for the last 20 years. And it's ever since Shula and, and Marino walked out that door, you know, from Jimmy Johnson to Dave Wanstead to Joe Philbin to Adam Gase to Brian Flores. <laughs> it always seems to be something and nothing there's there's it's always this is the answer and yet never enough and at a certain point that inconsistency starts to plague the narrative to the point where I don't know that it's an excitable option to future head coaches I don't know that it's an exciting option to would-be star quarterbacks you know there's still questions about Tua I it's like I, I there I feel like we are back to square one And I felt with Flores, at least, like we were on the path to something and something begins with winning and coming off of three winning seasons, it is confounding to me that this is the decision the Dolphins org needed to make. I'm sure Steven Ross wants to win more than anybody. And I I know it's got to be hard being an, an owner of an NFL football team, but this just feels clumsy. It feels short-sighted and it feels, it it feels sad. It feels sad because this is a guy who I believe in my heart is going to be hired immediately by someone else and is going to turn another franchise around in our place. And we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen with draft picks, right? We've seen our, our, you know, our, our uh, thunder pulled out from under us uh, with some of these quarterbacks that were picked before Tua. We've seen what happens when we have, an option like Drew Brees and then for whatever reason, we turn the other way and get a Dante Culpepper. We've seen this play out so many times (laughs) that I can't help but think, oh, here we go again.
2: It's crazy, Josh. I think you summed it up perfectly, and it's it's clumsy, and it does have that, that feeling to it of, oh, no, it's just like Gase, and it's just like Philbin, and it's a complete and utter disaster. And look, I'm one of the 50 voters for all the awards. Last year, I voted Brian Flores for the coach of the year, and... He's the epitome of class, and I, I'm a big fan. Now, I don't think that Greer and Flores were, were on the same page, but no. here's the thing that I just – that's driving me wild. It's driving me nuts. I mean, I thought Flores was really good at his job. But look, he pops the offensive coordinator through the years, no question oh, 100%, about 100%. 100%. 100%. But how – look at Greer. Even when he had the gift with all those picks – botched the offensive line, didn't give Tua the running back, and forget Tua versus Herbert, right? That ship has sailed, wrong guy, said it at the time. Tua's a good, solid NFL quarterback, line's terrible, the The running back situation's terrible. How do you justify keeping Greer and letting Flores go?
3: Well, that's I think that's a question today, and, and look, I, I think Chris Greer has made some really perplexing decisions. Uh and I think he's made some really great decisions. I, I, I think Waddle has proven himself to be an enormous get. I think we'd be equally happy if we had gotten Pitts. I think we'd be equally happy if we had gotten Chase. I don't think you could have missed messed no. up any of those three choices. I think that the big question is why didn't we get Herbert? Right? And and I think that and I think that there's a, a fundamental disconnect clearly between coach and GM. And I want to root for Greer because he remains the face of the organization moving forward. The problem that I have is we've been burned so many times. This is an owner who stuck with Jeff Ireland when every single person said enough is enough. And just for whatever reason, kept being loyal to a fault. And, and I'm feeling like, whether it was a decision not to get a, a running back, whether it was a decision not to, you know, to, to, to take a quarterback who was plagued by injury over one who had an NFL arm was ready to go. Whether it's some of the, you know, look the other way um, behavior towards an offensive line that has shown itself to be consistently... Um, problematic. There's just there's a, a disconnect. There's an organizational disconnect that I can't wrap my head around, and and it's a bummer because all we all want, and I'm sure again, all the organization wants is to win, but it's just like the wrong decisions keep being made, and I'm not sure what what the bottom line is there.
2: Yeah, and I don't know how you do better. And you, listen, Sorry. you referenced Stephen Ross's press conference, so this breaks right. We get the information. You, my producer Bob Stu sees Schefter's tweet. I'm already in the flow of talking about the Bears and the Vikings, and. Boom! There's always one surprise, and that you could have knocked me over with a feather. I I love Brian Flores. I listen. I I was stunned by the start of the season. I thought they were going to beat Tennessee. I picked the yeah. the Dolphins to beat the Patriots final week of the season. I I think Miami's moving in the right direction, you know. And, and then you have Ross, who's a big you know Michigan guy and a booster, and he wants Harbaugh to stay. On- Saying
3: Harbaugh's not-, not.
2: How do you say that?
3: So then what, what is the choice here? So you can't do better. Who are you getting? Right. Who are you getting? It's like, if you're going to fire Brian Flores, please tell me you have somebody better than him coming That's in. Right. And when you come out and publicly say, hey, I'm not going to poach Michigan because I love Michigan so much. What do you want us to do? What do you want us to say? So are you going to go with another first-time coach? what exactly is the answer here and is it because and here's the other thing that i don't think anyone knows who wants Tua in who wants Tua out right now i've been vocal i actually like Tua.
2: i know i actually know. Think, yeah
3: i actually think tua is has enormous potential and i don't think we've surrounded him with enough success and, and in part that's on flores but i also don't quite understand what the bottom line is behind closed doors. There's too much intrigue happening and spilling out of that building in South Florida with regard to Watson and with regard to Tua, that if Tua is going to remain your starter, I don't know psychologically how that guy is set up to win. He has been so unbelievably it's tossed around. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And and I don't I, I think there's a lot of rumors going on today that some sides are blaming, you know, Flores, some sides are blaming um, uh, the ownership, but I don't think any of us know. And And the problem is, is I don't understand what we're meant to do if we can't even figure out how to build confidence around our, you know, number one QB. Like, I, I just don't know where we go. And if you are going to sell every one of our chips to get Watson, you better have a plan in place because I don't know that that guy can start anytime soon. So it's like, I don't know. It's all confounding. It's all confounding. It's well, all I think
2: you make some excellent points here. Now, I was always of the opinion from information and the tea leaves, right? Flores right. wanted Herbert's and Greer wanted Tua and Flores wanted Watson. And I, which all makes sense when you consider it, right? You know, but to your point, Josh, and I, I forget the Tua Herbert, right? And I keep saying that, but it's, it's, I, you almost for the kid. I feel bad.
3: You just have to, but I'm with you. It's, 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 you're, you're, it's the same as saying, forget Leaf Manning. (laughs) Obviously, it's it's like, no, I don't think you can. I watched the game last night. I saw what I saw, and I see a kid on the other side who's got enormous talent. He ain't Ryan Leaf. He actually is a good quarterback. But for whatever reason, can't quite make the decisions when they matter the most.
2: So it's interesting now with Tua. Where do you stand on Tua? You watch the Dolphins all the time. Look, I think he had a good year. You know, I'm worried more about his availability health-wise than ability. Look, they need a line. They need a running back. They need a good offensive coordinator, and that's not a knock on Tua. That's for most quarterbacks who aren't Aaron Rodgers, per se. So what's your overall take on Tua Tungavailoa? Do you still think the Dolphins will be, should be, in the conversation in the market for Deshaun Watson? It's so
3: it's such an interesting question today. 24 hours ago, I would have said Flores into a one more year. I would have said, let's see, let's see what they can do. Let's at least give him one year more than Adam Gase. Let's at least give him the same amount of time, you know, as uh, Joe Philbin had. And now with Flores out the door, I simply don't know the answer to that question. I I guess, I guess if you're going to start from scratch, then yeah, start from scratch. Like, then m- maybe you do get Watson. I, I personally don't know if it's a great idea. I think that, you know, ownership better be pretty confident that that guy is, at, if not innocent, has resolved all of these issues so that there isn't a specter of guilt. I, I find it problematic to hire someone with those accusations. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know how the Dolphin fan base would would look at it I also worry that you're giving up enormous capital if you do it yeah. you're giving up not only a bunch of draft picks this year but but you know the one thing Greer has done is set us up beautifully for the future you're, you're spending all that capital if you go after Watson so then it you know what do you do do you go out and get a an offensive lineman with with the free agency money and and we've got, I, I think we've got the most cap space in the league. So do you spend that? I don't know the answer. I I think I think that the problem is is we haven't seen Tua in a position to be his best.
2: So I don't know what his best looks. You're like. right. You're right. Now I'm curious your expectations before the season. I had him as a ten win team missing the playoffs. I I thought they were close, no cigar. I was a little disappointed as I mentioned in the approach with the draft the trade back the trade up no offensive line no no running back what were your expectations going in and how frustrated were you as a fan during that what seemingly felt like forever losing streak at the beginning of the season
3: um okay so i'll go in order one it's why you're a sports talk a sports host and i'm not i definitely saw them making the playoffs I really, in my heart of hearts, believed that everybody bought into the system, that Tua, you know, a year into the playbook would understand what was being asked of him, that the Patriots were not going to be, I always knew they were going to take care of the Patriots. Mm -hmm. And I figured if they could take care of the Patriots, then they would sort of chase the Bills into that wild card spot, right? They were never going to win the East, but they would have a chance to chase in. I guess I was, you know, one game off. I thought that they would win 11. I, expectations versus reality, it's more of a being bummed that this extraordinary defense in particular didn't click for six games. Like that remains, I think, the most bizarre aspect. And and maybe it was because, you know, obviously Xavian was dealing with his contract stuff and maybe there was bad energy there. And I I don't know what was going on there, but it it didn't feel like they were a cohesive unit early on, which was the most perplexing thing because that's Forrest's strength. The offense aside, that's where our team was gonna make the playoffs.
2: And then, you know, what was the second part of your question? In terms of when you look at at now the ex- how frustrating was that for right. you, because you so, referenced the defense, which I think is an unbelievable uh, unbelievable take because i I was stunned that's the one thing with Flores. you know his defenses are going to be strong I mean it's going to be strong. I know you plan your Sundays, your days around dolphins football, so you have these expectations you're sitting watching these games, you must have been pulling your hair out. I was. I mean, there was nothing more
3: perplexing than that Jaguars loss. Oh. It's, it's those losses that you wish you could have back. Tennessee, they were never going to win. But they were supposed to win enough games early on to put them in a position to not have to win. You also had the injury. You also had the, the benching, right? And I think you also had this, again, specter of uncertainty with regard to Tua's future that psychologically, I don't know what that does when you put Brissette in, you know, instead of Tua over the whole thumb thing. And all of that, I think, added up. Now, at the end of the day, I still left the season with a positive feeling of we're going in the right direction. We have three winning consecutive seasons. We now have a couple of pieces that we know if we can really get our hands on the right Personnel, we're in a position. We are in a position. I think the Bills are still wildly inconsistent for being a favorite. I think that the Patriots are still an excellent team, but clearly we have their number. So I felt like we were in a position in the East to start really competing. And I guess the question at the end of the day is were we that far off that the person who put us in the position? should have been fired without any expectation of that happening.
2: No, no. And the news of the day torpedoes those those good vibes. You're 100% right. If you're a Vikings fan, Broncos fan, Bears fan... Jaguars fan, what would you tell these fan bases, Josh, about Brian Flores? You want Brian Flores without question as, uh, as your head coach. I, I
3: think you want Brian Flores without question. I think Chicago is a great fit. That, that is a an organization that just understands and respects the, the role that Brian Flores could, uh, t- could bring to that organization. You know, Flores gets this bad rap about being a tough guy to work with. I'm sorry, but we all know Bill Belichick's winning record, right? Like, we all know. <laughs> like, I didn't know that the league was suddenly a Care Bear league where it's like <laughs> we, we really need a guy who's a sweetheart to come in that door and and really just, you know, welcome us with nothing but smiles and, and um, lollipops and rainbows. I, I honestly am just I, I – I'm expecting the best for this guy. I am – Lucky enough to know Brian. Yep. We, we, you know we've communicated a lot over the last three years. I wish that guy nothing but the best. I think uh, of the two of us, he got the better end of the deal because he's going to, I think, go off and and have a lot more clarity than than Dolphin fans do right now. Um, and you know, I, I think that I think whoever gets him is going to be fortunate. And I think that you'll see. I think you will see next season. I predicted here now that Brian Flores will most likely have the same path that whether it's Jay Ajayi or whether it's Ryan Tannehill or whether it's, uh, fill in the blank, happens every time the Dolphins say, we don't need you anymore, right? Right. Like this This is just unfortunately becoming uh, a pattern. And I think that uh, until that cycle is broken, we're just not going to win because we have there's a fundamental flaw baked into the bread and I can't figure out what it is. I think Dolphin fans are all scratching their heads as well. Not everybody. I know some people have a different take than I do. And I hope they're right. I would love nothing more than to eat my words. Nothing would make me happier than to come onto your show a year from now and go, man, was I wrong. I owe everyone an apology. These guys were so right. We may make the playoffs. I think a part of why we would make the playoffs is because of the work Brian Flores did. To get this, the pieces in place to win the playoff in the playoffs, I'm but I don't you. know. I, I feel lost today.
2: Yeah, I I understand it. I mean, you don't have to be like Olaf and like you know, warm hugs, you know, when it comes to you know coaching <laughs> in, in the National Football League. I mean, let's 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 be honest here. I mean, bonkers, bonkers. I, I mean, it's it's wild. By the way, Josh, the the cameo on Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> now I'm obsessed with the show. And right. there, there was a great oh, honor- to uh,
3: Shine. You gotta, you gotta get ready for my next show. I got a show coming out this Thursday that you're going to love baby.
2: Well, tell it's funny. Cause I was going to promote the Peacock show. Tell me all
3: about it. Wolf like me coming out this Thursday on Peacock. Uh, me and Isla Fisher can't tell you much. Cause I want you going in blind. Okay. But I'm telling you be- best thing I've ever done. You're going to, you're going to lose your mind. It's so good. Curb came out of left field. Larry had asked me to do the show a few seasons ago and I couldn't do it at the time. And I get a call from him in the middle of the pandemic. This is before I had been vaccinated. So I'm like terrified to leave my house. And he goes, Josh, I wrote you I wrote you something on Curb, I want you come do it. This is my horrible Larry David impression. It's
2: not bad, it's not bad.
3: And so I go, um, Larry, am I'm, I'm a little concerned because I haven't shot anything during COVID. And I'm scared about being uh, around a bunch of people unvaccinated. And without missing a beat, he goes, "Josh, the median age on my show is 75. You're going to be fine. I promise you. We're all <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, great. So I I do it and I show up and the first thing he hands me is this ratty pair of underwear and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. And it's just the 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 cheer joy of getting to work with somebody as uh, as brilliant as you could possibly imagine. In the form of uh, of just pure comedy gold, and and Larry is just one of those guys that he has a thought and you, and that thought just becomes this the building blocks for what you know will become an iconic scene in an iconic show, and that's what happened. It's just that the amount of amazing feedback that <laughs> gotten about people watching her that episode and and falling in love with it, it's, 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 um, it's a testament to Larry's brilliance.
2: Oh, and, and you were brilliant and he's brilliant and it was an unbelievable show. And I, I mean, you want to talk about a tease. I mean, when you say best thing you've ever done? Wolf like me, January 13th, Peacock, I'm in, I, I can't wait to watch it. Oh, That's going to be man. incredible.
3: I love you. Well, it's, it's, it's really great. The, the director is this guy, Abe four who did, um, who did little monsters, a movie I did with Lupita Nyong'o. And uh, it's just unlike anything else uh, out there. It's, it's, it's a breeze of a watch, six episodes, half hours each. And uh, expect the unexpected. That's all okay. I can say. Expect the unexpected.
2: Josh, you're the best. I mean, I saw that tweet. We got the bat signal up. We have, I got to get my guy, Josh Gad on. Could have knocked me over with a feather. I want to know what my guy, Josh Gad, is thinking. And this obviously did not disappoint, even though the Dolphins did today. It is oh, so man. great to see you and talk to you, my friend.
3: You too, brother. You bring a smile on my face. Keep, keep killing it. You are the reason I, I love waking up in the morning and getting in my car uh love your voice love your insight great great takes and uh can't wait uh to follow along in the postseason without dolphin involvement but excited for uh pittsburgh. yeah really excited for pittsburgh
2: that was, by the way that game last night uh, b- both those games right all that, of it that yes. was
3: just insa- all yesterday was why i'm a football fan it was insanity
2: I've never seen anything like that. It's unprecedented, yeah. genius, and greatness. One of the greatest games of all time. Still can't believe Stanley called the timeout. But you're right. That whole day, it was just wildfire. It's why you love it. Well, here's a,
3: here's a question, and I didn't get a chance to listen today. What do you think would have happened had he not called the timeout? Do you think they wouldn't have
2: gone for the win? Correct. I think they would have tied. You do. And and the reason, and again, just on mentality, and the beauty of last night when I say unprecedented and I think it was the greatest regular season game ever, all things considered, yeah, with the I domino agree. effect on Pittsburgh. It's never happened before. So, Alan, and Chris are doing the game, and we're all together watching it, figuring out how this is going to happen. Look, the notion of playing for a tie at the beginning was, was asinine. That was never going to happen. Even beginning of overtime, never going to happen. But once the Raiders kicked the field goal, and the Chargers, remember Mike Williams almost caught that mm-hmm. touchdown, drops it. Mm-hmm. They kicked the field goal. Foreign change to go. Okay, now we need to talk about self serving what's best for us if you're the Raiders. Uh, Don't screw it up and and find
3: a way to tie and make the playoffs. I was with Collinsworth. I was like, I don't know. You kick that field goal and something goes wrong. Bingo. It could blow up in your face. And I, but at the same time, when they took that timeout, you could see you could see the wheels turning and you could see the decision made that something had changed in the game. And and, and Oakland was no longer uh, Oakland. Las Vegas was no longer just in it to tie. But Josh, you just nailed it. What you
2: just said is why you can't call the timeout because it was mentality. They were kind of smartly lollygagging to the line of scrimmage, letting the play clock bleed taking all the time and if you're gonna go for a tie it takes two to tango right but the minute he said timeout with 38 seconds to go whoa we're not (laughs) playing for the tie anymore i don't trust you to play for the tie we're gonna play for the win and Carr said as much after the game it all changed
3: it was wild. I have, a, I have a friend who's a Pittsburgh fan, and we were just texting through it all. Because literally going into the game, he's like, okay, so the good news is is the only way the Steelers can't make the playoffs is if there's a tie. And I'm like, this is never going to happen. What, how could? What are the statistical chances that there yeah. could be a tie at the end of this game? And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, this is insane. I've never seen anything like this.
2: Yeah, why? it was amazing. Why? It's why you love sports. I'm excited for Wolf sports. Like Me. We've never seen anything like that. January the 13th <laughs> on Peacock. You're the best, my friend. And You're I can't best. wait to see what's next for the Miami Dolphins. Well,
3: here, here's to that.
2: Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine podcast. My guy, Josh Gad, one of our all-time favorites. Thanks to our listeners on Sirius Thanks to our listeners on Pandora. Thanks to our listeners on Apple Podcasts and with Stitcher. We record the Out of Podcast all year round, so please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can always catch me every weekday on my radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. The Adam Shine Podcast is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer of the Adam Shine Podcast, the great Bob Stew. The associate producers, Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Sound design by my guy Robert Moore. And special thanks to Sirius XM Senior, Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the iconic Steve Cohen. Sirius XM Podcasts.